that 50% success rate across the two cup competitions gave us a somewhat unwelcome break from a developing upturn in form in the league recently. A win over Charlton in the Garage Cup masked a diabolical performance against Eastleigh on Sunday to send us back into EFL action this coming Saturday against Barnsley. What will we see? Who knows? But here to discuss that with me, as always, on episode 361 of the Tullhessen podcast is Mr. Ross Weber. Um, Ross, have you got your uh, Christmas decorations up yet? It's really tricky to know what to do because I'm going to England for Christmas. So my wife and I, we don't have anything up yet. Do you have yours up? Oh, yeah, you yeah. do, right? Yeah. 100%. Nice, nice. We, we had, you know what, actually, tragic story to start a pod. So we, right. had, we, have, uh, we have quite a big um, bush outside our house, uh, yeah. no pun intended, uh, and we had loads of lights on it. Um, and so, someone has cut the wire to the, to the lights with a pair of scissors. Oh, my gosh. So, Oh, nice. It's like vandalism in Townhouse. Well, we live in the right area, to, to be honest. But yeah. well, I thought it was anyway. But it's not like an animal chewing it. Someone's actually clean cut through it. Um, so awful. I was like, who would who would do such a thing? So either I'm being targeted by uh, I don't know, Red and fans, or people that hate this pod, or my neighbours just hate me. I don't know. But it was pretty um, tragic. I, it wasn't me. I can tell you that much. I can't get to away games, and I can't clip the wire in your. Uh, front yard either so you're good there i'll quickly I appreciate add, uh, you not little... being the culprit so that's good, yeah no it? i'm not that's a vandal yeah. um, talking of appreciation nice little link there try nice. to get that in uh zcz films as always are official sponsors of what we're now dubbing this as the main pod because we were quite prolific last week if you haven't caught up with it Ross did a pod with uh, Reading cult legend Nick Blackman, which was very, very good indeed. I've thoroughly enjoyed that one. And Wimby was back with a uh, pod extra with Jamin and Andy Preston talking about the kind of current state of, of Reading, really. So check those out. They're available yeah. wherever you get your podcasts, uh, as are the uh, back issues, if you like, of the main pod. Uh, so go and have, grab those. Um, as I said, big thank you to, to ZCZ Films for their ongoing support. Um, and let's talk uh, about two games, Ross. Eastley, yeah. we'll do Eastley first and we'll do Charlton after yeah. this very short break. All right, let's do it. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Right, we'll do, we'll do Eastley first um, because it's, yeah. it's just easier to, to get that one out of the way. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about the success against Charlton last night because we're doing this, recording this on Thursday, which won't be a normal thing, by the way. But because we've had quite a few games kind of thick and fast, we always kind of wanted to review them together. And then, yeah, kind of it's so. tricky in League One, isn't it? There's so many competitions. You are literally playing. Uh, I've been watching the uh, the second season of Welcome to Wrexham, and uh, they were talking about how it's just back to back to back to back, weeknight, yeah. weekend, weeknight, weekend, like over and over again. Trying to find a hole to release the content in Z right now has been tricky. Yeah, and we don't we don't want to overload you because you know obviously we want to do different pods and, and different things. But anyway, we digress. Um, let's let's talk about Eastley. Uh, I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to to really talk about how bad the result was. Um, I want to I want to try and condense it a little bit because we could talk for the next three hours about how unsuccessful we were across the board. Um, but the the biggest thing for me, Ross, was was the team selection. Um, now I I know that we've kind of each shared our frustrations with that throughout the season in terms of Sellers and, and what he does and what he doesn't do with uh, his his team and and the players that he puts out. But for me, if you've just won the last two games in the league. One bizarrely convincingly against uh, Carlisle and then hard fought against the Wickham the previous Saturday. You just play the same team because you're you're effectively playing Saturday to Sunday there to then have that team potentially play again the following Saturday. So we're talking week to week breaks. So why right. he felt the need to to change it, I don't know. It's bizarre. None of those players that 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 you know would have potentially started that game if he'd gone like for like against Carlisle. Um, couldn't have had any complaints because that that team would have won um, the last two games. So, what what were your views on on the team selection in general for uh, the you know the trip to the Spitfires? I'm with you because I'm like concerned. Is 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 there not like team profiling going on with the opposition? Like 
my understanding is that opposition report should always be provided on, you know, to the management and the coaching staff, and then they should make game plans. Not entirely based on that, obviously. You want to play your own football. Um, but you do want to adjust things slightly to try and counteract what your opponent is doing. And obviously, you know, Eastley are a National League team, but I think we've seen in the last few years that National League teams are not that far below um, certainly a League Two standard, and, and honestly, some of them are close to League One standard. We've got was it Stockport top of League Two right now, who were National League winners two seasons ago. Obviously, we've got Wrexham in there as well. Uh, Notts County are, I think, a seventh or something like that as well. So some of these National League teams are stuck there because it's really hard to get out of the National League, not because they're bad teams. Um, and changing the entire defense against a sturdy front line um, you know, that was going to ask questions, that was going to make life difficult for Reading, you've really got to question that decision. Um, and obviously it led to, you know, Carson having to be pulled out at halftime because he just couldn't handle what was being done to him. And again, like you, like you say, especially with the defense, which has actually been playing pretty well recently, it's only really given up goals to good pieces of play or just complete lapses of concentration um why you would change that going up against a team with more momentum than both Wickham and Carlisle who we beat I, I just don't know so for me yeah it, it's the the lineup was odd um and the uh it was the defense that really bothered me I would say I I sort of did a bit of a mashup of a report because I you know Sim went but he just couldn't be bothered to do anything I think he just wanted a jolly down in right. uh, in Hampshire for the day, so I took the report off him <clears throat> and sort of mashed it up with like the column, but it, it was sort of a bit weird, really. And I think I said for the first sort of fifteen minutes or so, um, we were all right, but in the same way that if you fall down the stairs and only break your arm, that's right. kind of all right in the circumstances. We did we didn't we you know we weren't creating loads, but we were creating a bit to to potentially get ourselves in front. Um, and obviously the goal came and. You know, the, when you look back at the goal, it was honestly it was shambolic. It, and I don't want to turn this into you know the, the Matty Carson podcast here, but he honestly he, he basically ran diagonally to chase something that wasn't there, whilst letting the runner cross the ball in. You know, good finish really, but there should be you know at least two players picking him up and clearing that danger. And then you know at half time. When Sellers made the sub to take Carson off, which, you know, was was the right call, but to then put Harley Dean on and shift Mola, who is dreadfully out of form, to the other side, I, I said to, to literally no one, because I was in the room on my own, I was like, we're going to lose this. Because if that's the mentality, if that is honestly the mentality of, of where he's at in terms of subs and game management, it was just ridiculous. That substitution just summed it all up for me. Mm. Um, you know, apart from the fact... You know, going sort of full Velko Panovic here, you know, apart from the four goals, we were all right against QPR. Um, you know, apart from the two goals that we did concede, where else did we go wrong in that game, Ross? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm actually going to return to the defence again, and I'm going to say that fullback is really important in this Reading team. Um, we've kind of seen in the last few weeks that Yidom finally getting himself at least up to a League One standard and Dorset staking a position um, has kind of been like what's helped us to get a lot more defensively solid and close up the seam between the centre-back and the full-back in the last couple of weeks um, because that's really where we were getting attacked a lot, especially when Bindam was playing at right-back uh, in, in Yidom's absence. Um, and I agree with you, Carson, just not a great game at all on uh, on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, unfortunately. But even Mbenge, you know, like Mbenge dropped uh, his coverage as well on that run back across um, and he's behind his man there. So, you know, you always want to stay goal side as the as the defender when you've got a guy crashing in the box. So you change fullbacks up after, after you know that, you know, if you know that things are, are going well and you've got good fullbacks on, I think that's a problem. Um, other than that, you know, I think that whenever Ben Elliott gets played, we always play him out of position. And he did probably finally play in a decent position for him against um, against Charlton in the trophy. But what is the point in bringing a player on if you're going to play him out of position, you know, harm his confidence um and and just not really give him a chance to earn his place back in the full team it yeah. is a little bit strange 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good point about Elliot. I mean, you know, there are a number of players individually that we could talk about, and we're going to focus on a couple of them, not just in the in the pod. But Ross is going to release a video, maybe today. UK time, maybe tomorrow, who knows, I don't know, but he's going to do it at some point. But, you know, Elliot, for me, got hung out to dry on Sunday. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Playing him in that position and then expecting him to cover what Carson was doing on the left-hand side as well was just, it was shambolic from everybody. So, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't great. I mean, one player that I felt did kind of um, come out with some credit was, was uh, Joel Pereira because, uh, you know, we, we've waited long enough for him to sign. He was obviously hanging around the club. I had visions of him literally just like rocking up to Bearwood in his car and just waiting outside until he was allowed to let in during the summer. Right, but I right. thought he was he was really really good. Well, that's wrong. We lost to a non-league side, and no disrespect to Eastleigh, so I don't think we can say anyone was really good. But he made some important saves at crucial times that, to kind of keep us in the game at that point. Yeah, so he did that what was he really, could. Really, yeah, and and yeah. Ben, I'll point out actually, uh, he was the man who got closest to the uh, corner that Reading had at the end he to did. try and get an equalizer. Which, I, I mean, yes, it suggests that he had a decent or, or an okay game. He was the most on it, as it were. Mm-hmm. But it also sums up Reading's afternoon, doesn't it? If your goalkeeper is the one getting closest to to an attacking set piece, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, he he was okay, and and that kind of segues nicely into the Charlton game because obviously he had. You know, for me, he had a pretty decent game as well. You know, he, yeah. he did well in the penalty shootout. And, um, you know, it was a nice bit of content from the club a, f- a few weeks ago, I think, kind of just showing his skills in, in penalty shootout. So it's good to do it in a in a competitive, high stakes, um, you know, environment, if you like. Um, you know, again, the, the team selection for, for Charlton when I saw it was, was questionable because, you know, there was an argument to say, well, he, he made all these changes on Sunday to rest those players, but he didn't really bring them back in for Charlton. And then it was kind of a mishmash of players that you'd class as regular, players that you class as fringe at the moment, players that, that can't really get in the team, i.e. Vickers. Um, and it, it was all just a bit bizarre, you know, the team selection. It was strong on paper. It was strong. Um, but, you know, you, you could say that a lot about our season in terms of the players that we're writing down on the team sheet are strong. You know, we've got some internationals here. We've got some full internationals, some youth internationals and so on. But he's he's just, for me, it's almost like he's kind of distorted reality a little bit because actually, if you if you look historically on paper, you could argue that the FA Cup was, was potentially more lucrative or is more lucrative than a glorified yeah. garage trophy, for example, that's already changed its name. So it was, it was an odd one. Um, what, you know, we're going to kind of focus on the midfield moving forward. What did you make of the midfield in last night's game against Charlton as a whole? You know, forget that we won on penalties because that's you know that's a that's a kind of a an unknown quantity really when you get there. But like, yeah, what, that's what a, did you see that potentially we can move forward? Yeah, I, I I thought that it was obviously better last night. I mean, we really struggled to control the game against Eastleigh. I think the um, we'll talk about this a little bit in this video later, but. We put Craig and Savage on against these, which are two very similar players. Um, not in terms of like what their output is, but in terms of where they want to begin from on the pitch and, and things like that. Um, against uh, Charlton, you know, I thought that Vickers was actually quite good in that he was dropping back into midfield quite a lot to collect the ball and then put it further forward. Vickers just shows up everywhere. Um, but you know, I think they're just not changing up the midfield too much from the EFL team. Uh, the League One team uh, helped us to to be much more in control. And as frustrating as things have been this season, if you look at the record from November onwards, Reading are getting better slowly but surely. Um, I'm sure much of that is from the change in formation. Um, but it was nice to see Wing come on and, and not be amazing, um, but really look like his confidence and his fitness are there now. Um, took a shot from, I think it might have honestly been closer to the halfway line than it was to the penalty box that stung the keeper's palms and uh, ended up back for a corner. So I thought that was pretty good. And then just returning to Ben Elliott, um, gave him a great uh, rating for the uh, for the match yesterday. And instead of kind of doing a general summary, which we'll do sometimes of how he played, just left a load of um, items and actions that he actually did on the pitch um, for the 90 minutes because he was busy, 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 um, got his assist, um, for, for Charlie Savage. He does like his, um, 
a sort of diagonal ball along the floor into the box uh, a few too many times sometimes, Elliot. Like he tries that move when it's on and when it's not on. Um, but you got to try things to make things work in uh, in football, you know? Like we often talk about mm. the dispossessed stat not being that bad for wingers because they should be taking players on. So, um yeah, I thought Elliot uh, in particular was good, but it's clear that there are also some players like Wing who are, um, I would say, up to speed now. Well, uh, you know, we, we're going to talk about the midfield as a kind of a mailbag item, a piece, if you like. So we're not going to dwell on that too much. I mean, the, the goal was was well worked by Kelvin. I, I like the fact that he kind of dropped and then came outside, took a few mm-hmm. players with him, <clears throat> um, you know, played the ball into the middle, into that pocket, and, you know, Charlie did what, what Charlie's done sort of three times previously this season, you know, the fourth being now. And, and what and I liked, ben, I'm sorry, I'll cut you off just for a second. What I liked about that play was that it's not a flashy assist from Ben Elliott, but it's the right decision right away. Like, it's just get it out. It's There's no, like, glory or honor, honor, honor what stupid word, but there's no glory in that, right? Like a five-yard pass for an assist or whatever. It is just a quick little thing and then you're done but this quicker you can make that decision the more it's going to like ask questions of the defense and and not allow time for savage to get closed down for instance uh vickers also does the same sort of thing just makes decisions quickly um so yeah sorry back to what you're saying though yeah lovely strike from savage really lovely hit and i you know i think if elliot can get in those positions a little bit more you know then then we're talking a lot more assists and obviously to do that he's got to get on the pitch but you know, going back to the goal, <laughs> I, I read uh, or, or someone had tweeted that um, Tim Della called it a chance. Well, it, it's not a chance from 30 yards out. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's very few players that have the technical ability to be able to to kind of rifle that one in like, like Charlie did. Um, and and that's, that's really the kind of the frustration here is that there is so much potential in that team that's not being nurtured, that's not being cared for, that's, that's not being play to their strengths you know we've we've talked time and again about Vickers and it's it's kind of becoming a bit of a sick joke now because you know did he have a great game last night I mean not particularly but he's been out of the team for so many weeks you know easily can't even get on the pitch which is just a nonsense thing in itself so it's very very difficult really Um, well that is odd isn't it because he played like you were saying like for which garage cup I like that by the way um Americans think I'm saying carriage when I say garage. They make me say garage. Anyway, um, <laughs> I know it sounds silly, is it? But it is funny, like you're saying, like the pizza cup or the garage cup or whatever, that is, you would think, the less important of the two larger cups. You know, like if we managed mm. to get into the next round, okay, it's only Newport or somebody else that we're going to. It's not Manchester United again like it was last year, but it's at least another chance to keep progressing and keep um you know, making money in that cup. So Vickers can't get into the EFL team over and over and over again. And then he doesn't get, you know, into, he doesn't get a start in the FA Cup um, when we play a weaker team. But then he does get a start in the EFL trophy when we play what is a somewhat stronger team. Very, very strange um, decisions at the moment. And I think it points to one thing, and ultimately, you know, Sellers doesn't know what he's doing. Um you know, someone had pointed out that he's got previous in the FA Cup. I think Southampton lost to Grimsby last season. Um, I think they were at home as well. But, I mean, you're the stat man, but you'll, you'll be able to tell me if that's right or not. Um, so he's, he's got previous in these competitions. I think I think it's important as fans that we have at least one cup competition that we can kind of look forward to and hope for, yeah. I guess, because who doesn't like a day out at Wembley at the end of the day? Uh, unless, of course, you lose, which we tend to do, but that's, you know, whatever. But it's it's just nice to progress in these cups, and yeah. you know it's not it's not lucrative, it's not well thought of, but it's still a, a competition that we can test ourselves in and kind of give a little bit back to the fans in terms of you know of, of winning games and, and being positive, really. So uh, really, it just points to the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing with his team selection. Uh, he certainly doesn't know what he's doing with his midfield, um, and and quite frankly, it's it's becoming. Um, you know, more and more concerning by the week, regardless of the competition, really. So well, let's, yeah, go well, on. Well, let me, yeah, let me check on to the end of that one because I agree with you. His team selection's a little all over the place at the moment, and I think that we've also had issues with his man management, and that's certainly my primary issue with Sellers. I think 
Um, cause I kind of see what he's going for sometimes with the team selection. It's just maybe that he's not implementing the correct game plan to go along with it. Um, I think one of his issues right now is that he's being massively let down by his experienced players. Um, and I mean, mostly, you know, the older guys, uh, in the team now that wing is starting to play, I, I'm certainly not really meaning him anymore with that. Um, I thought Sam Hutchinson was awful last night. Really, uh, really uh, awful. And I'm not you, surprised. Go ahead. Right. So he, on it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm literally choking up at the thought of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm raging. So angry. But, but like, look, it's not, people listen to this guy, oh, what's, what's your problem with the older players? I don't really have a problem with the older players, but, you know, Ross is right. They've got to lead by example. So, so we had this discussion about uh, Sam Hutchinson uh, after Shrewsbury when he went off and won and, and, and we were on the pod and you can listen to it back and just said like it's, it's not okay it's not okay to do that to your teammates to your club to whatever so to put him back in a game like that when he's got other options um, it's just a massive slap in the face I think to everyone that he wins that to start with and he yeah. was shocking he was absolutely terrible honestly he can, he can get in the sea he was he was that bad right <laughs> he so, was bad you know to, to do that Having had him, you know, speak out in the way that he did a couple of weeks ago, it's just a joke. It's an absolute disgrace, really. So, in yeah, terms of the midfield, there was there was there was other options, and and you know, Savage changed the game. He scored the goal. He was a lot more effective moving forward in that kind of that little what I call the pocket. You know, yep. we were we were talking in the chat about trying to put this on a number, whether it's a six, whether it's an eight. I don't think it matters really, but for me. Um, he he's got to be far more advanced, and you know you look at someone like Craig potentially dropping back, or or you know Ross ran some stats earlier about Lewis Wing potentially being in that position. So it's it's really the midfield is the concern at the moment. You know, as Ross alluded to earlier, or said, not alluded, <laughs> he actually said it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, the defense was pretty settled up until Eastley. Um, yeah, we know Dorset's carrying a knock, and he probably won't play on Saturday. But he, he could have just swapped light for light there and kept everyone else the same. It's it, it's very very difficult to defend some of these selections. Um, yeah, and we are me... we are going to talk about some of that in the mailbag now because we've had some questions around the midfield and and some individual players. So uh, I'm uh, we're gonna I'm not I'm we're gonna take a short break and then we'll be back with you uh, with the mailbag with some of your views and your questions and your brain nuggets. So bear with us. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to the Tilehurst End at gmail.com. Luckily for us, we're back. And luckily for you, Ross has just let out some expletives um, yeah. off air, which is, which is never a bad thing, really. Um, no. We had uh, we we had quite a bit of of stuff as you'd imagine over the last couple of games, um, a couple of messages and a couple of of kind of questions from you guys really, and I have completely and utterly lost where they are, which is why I'm just rambling. Um, right, let, let's go with no, not that. Hold on, bear with. Absolute joke of a podcast, isn't it? Professional joke. Yeah, I'll. I'll uh, you want me to fill some time with you? Should I rant more on Sam Hutchinson? What do you want? No, you can do that now, actually, because I, I found All a right. question. Right. Yeah. This. Uh, this is. This is a really cool. Uh, uh, account n- name thing handle whatever. This is one, as in the the, the word one, and yep. then eight seven one, and nice. they say, who is the best choice to play with wing in midfield? Right, that's the first part of it. But I also found a tweet that they put out recently as well, which backs up what we were saying. Baffled by the changes today, i.e., against Eastleigh, we needed some consistency with a back four. Elliot, Kelvin, Savage, all missing in action, which they were, to be fair. I mean, you know, Elliot was hung out to dry. Kelvin was was all over the place. Savage was getting into the game, and then he got hooked, which is bizarre in itself. Um, attack was transformed by bringing Wing on, but too little, too late. Aziz tried very hard. There you go, Ross. That's your weekly dose of Aziz. Nice. Mola and Mbenge, awful. They were. They were terrible, right? They were absolutely awful, those two players. And we need to, at some point, we're going to have a serious conversation about Mbenge because he is absolutely dived off a cliff in terms of his, his um, form and his, his ability. You're right about Mbenge. Like, Mbenge's gotten a, a lot worse since that altercation at the end of the game that got him sent off off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I'll say uh, one thing. Mola, who has looked like, occasionally looked like just really not at it at all, uh, played at centre-back and left-back before halftime in yesterday's game and looked, eh, at best. Um, on the right-back position, <laughs> not bad. Like, actually pretty good. He made it all mm. the way to the... Uh, he made it all the way to the uh, the byline with the ball at one point and and put across it and I was like, is that Mola on the on the side up there? So maybe that's the way. Maybe he's meant to play as an inverted right back. Who knew? All right, we'll 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 agree to to disagree on Mola for the time being. So I thought it was terrible against Eastley. Uh, yeah, he was marginally better, but he couldn't have been any worse than he was on um, on Sunday, really. So that's by the by. Anyway, this account goes on to say. I'll also add that I prefer someone defensively minded as Wing's partner, but don't think Hutch is up to it at all. Ross, physically and metaphorically, actually not physically, metaphorically, I'm going to throw you the ball and then you can start talking. Nice. All right. Well, uh, I would agree that Hutchinson's not up to it anymore. Um, Hutchinson last night was causing huge issues with our build-up play. We basically couldn't do anything in the middle third. Um, because if you look at Hutchinson's stats, all he wants to do is try and play Steven Gerrard hero ball. Um, but the problem is he's got about as much talent as, I don't know, does Steven Gerrard have a brother or something? He doesn't have the ability to do that. Um, and he does link up with a few of them a game. Um, but if you're, if that's all you're trying, then you are going to manage that. In the short passing game, the issue with Hutchinson is that you can't take the ball and turn. Um, and that basically leaves you the options of going back to your center backs, going back to your goalkeeper, or going maybe out to your fullbacks if they're in a reserve position. Um, meanwhile, a player like Craig, a player like Savage can take the ball. Um, they can try and turn, and if they can't do it, you know, they can hold on to the ball for a minute and try and draw someone in. Hutchinson just couldn't do any of that. So Binden, who can pass the ball, was often dribbling all the way past uh, Hutchinson because he just wasn't useful um, and getting really high up into the um, to the attacking third, which is like, that's fantastic that we have a centre-back who can do that. We shouldn't need to have our centre-back doing yeah, that. Shouldn't, shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to have that, should we? No. And Wing was also dropping back over and over again to go and get the ball and bring it out, which again is not what we need. So um, looking at the other options that we have at um, at defensive mid, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens when McIntyre comes back, um, because that's been a name on my mind recently um, when defensive mid has been mentioned. He's obviously played more in the defensive line in recent seasons, but um, he can definitely do a job in center mid so i'd be kind of interested to see what that looks like but really it's one of savage or craig um and we'll talk about this a little bit more later on or i'll talk about this in this video a bit more but i see um i see both of them as being pretty useful as a defensive style player um in as the six you know i see savage being more useful against teams that have weaker defenses that aren't quite as attacking minded um that aren't going to spend their entire uh, time trying to push the ball into Reading's half. Um, whereas I see Craig as someone who's better at dropping all the way back, maybe even into the defensive line and, um, you know, helping out there. He's certainly got higher numbers in terms of winning duels and, and, and things like that. He's a bit more uh, carefree, careless with his body. I'm not really sure yeah. how to put that. Well, so, I mean, you, you made the point in the chat, because we have like a separate chat to talk about pod and stuff. Um, not one-to-one messages because I just say that it is actually a chat of other people in it. Um, well, one other person. Anyway, shut up, Ben. It doesn't matter what the chat is. But anyway, Ross made the point that Craig is one of the best defensive midfield players in League One, which I was baffled by because I'm I'm not sold on Craig. At the wait, moment. wait. Like, let me let me reclarify that. Did um, I really? Sorry. No, no, you're okay. I just want to make sure this is very clear. Michael Craig is in the uh, and again, like this is take all statistics with a grain of salt because like data gathering processes can be flawed especially in the lower leagues um but what i would say is that michael craig is in the top 10 percentile for defensive actions per 90 among similar leagues similar leagues to league one are like um the mls uh the australian league uh things like that and in those kinds of leagues league one and stuff like that um Craig is one of the most productive defensive midfielders, basically, in terms of defensive actions. That means clearances, reception, uh, clearances, sorry, interceptions, 
um, dispossessing somebody else, you know, winning a duel, something like that. Craig wins a lot of those things. Um, mm. So he, he's not fully there yet, right? Like there's a, there's like I more just, to be done. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just not, I don't know. I like my midfielders to get on the ball. I like my midfielders to, you know, progress the play. I don't want them to stagnate. I, you know, I, I like, I understand that there is a need for, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's foolish to compare him to Makaleli or Rodri or all those sort of players, but like there's a need in teams for those players. But what I want to see is, is, uh, you know, at the very least assist from midfielders. I want to see, I want to see goal threats. I want to see kind of chances created and I, I, I want to see the balls go through, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're playing one up front like Sam Smith, who, who kind of wants it on the floor, you need someone in that pocket to go, here you go, Sam, have a go with that or whatever. Um, and and I just don't yeah. think Craig does that. And I, I don't, I don't see, you know, on a, on a base level, the defensive duties that Craig um, sure. does. So do you know what I'm going to do on, on yep. Saturday, if he starts, I'm going to watch Craig and I'm going to do like a mini analysis of him. Because all right. I need to convince myself that he's, he's good. Here's what anyway. you look out for, all right? Real, real quick, last thing. Look out for how he plays in his own defensive third. They're both excellent short passers, Savage and okay. Craig. Savage is a much better long passer and, and, and chance creator, okay? But watch the way in which Craig helps Reading to build out from their own third to get out, to you call it breaking out sometimes. Okay. Um, that's I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I was going to do out, a couple right? more um, questions related in terms to of this, providing those creative but I'm going to kind of sandwich it to end because there's, like there's, a, there's a blockbuster question at the end. Right. All right, and it is actually from the editor of this whole damn thing. So we we kind of need to put him in lights a bit. Um, John House says need to get Elliot in the team in a central role, but who drops out? That's a really good question. We're going to come back to in a minute, John, because that links to something else we're going to say. Alistair builds on that by saying, I would play Savage as a CDM in the Craig role in the cup. A lot of people would say he hasn't got the physicality, but we were able to sustain attacks a lot better when Savage came on and Hutchison does really restrict wing. Good point, well made. Alistair, we like you as always. We like what you say. We agree with you. You can come again at some point. Um, changing it a little bit, goalkeepers, because that was kind of one of the prompts we said. Tony Dempster says, I don't think Button has done a lot wrong. I would probably disagree with you a little bit there, Tony, unfortunately, mate. I, I don't... Not sold by Button. Don't feel confident with him in goal at all. Tony does say, though, that he was very concerned when he arrived. Uh, I wasn't, actually. I was quite excited by it. But it's got the other way with him now. Um, he has, in the last few weeks, become more stuck to his line on crosses and corners. But Pereira hasn't been much better, apart from last night's shootout. I- I'd argue that, that Pereira is probably a better shot stopper than Button at the moment, personally. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's we could probably do a separate pod on goalkeepers. But for me... It's probably worth giving Joel a go now. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'd give, I'd give him a go. I, I think he's certainly earned a chance. Um, what I do like about Pereira is that he's much more comfortable using his uh, his arms um, and, and throwing the ball out and also rolling the ball out with a lot of speed and pace on it, which is, you know, it's nice when you're the the, the center mid and you don't have to, like, take the, the pace and the bobble out of the ball as well as you know, having to actually control it. Um, if a goalie can get that out to you nice and quick along the ground, that's great. Um, and we scored a goal already in the EFL trophy through one of these throws. Um, I remember, uh, I think he got it out to Makairu, who eventually got it to, to Vickers for a goal. So yeah, probably time. He's a little, they're both a little too short to me, in mm. my opinion. Like I like a big, tall goalkeeper um, who can really command their box. Um, I think that, Shot stopping is important. It's very important. Um, but I do think that commanding your box and keeping your defenders calm is almost more important as a goalkeeper these days. There's a lot you can do defensively, uh, and there's a lot we understand now about how to limit people's good chances and just to limit them to, you know, sort of just uh, low percentage chances to to shoot. Um, we did this very effectively under Paunovic, for instance. We we made it so that you could basically only shoot against Reading from outside of the box for a while. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, both of them give me a little bit of pause, to be honest. I'd I'd re- It's been ages since we've had like a big keeper who's also got good reactions. It feels like I, I don't really know if we've had one since Al Habsi at this point. 
Well, yeah. Do you know what? I was going to go even further back and say Hanneman, but okay, yeah. yeah. Perhaps yeah. he was. Perhaps he was a bit of a man, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Love that guy. Absolutely adored him. Such a nice guy as well. But anyway, we we digress yet again. Dan Worth adds to that by saying, "No harm in giving Joel a go, in my opinion." He'll be buzzing from Charlton as per his post-match celebrations. Um, yeah. Side note: if you if you haven't looked at Dan Worth's Twitter, he does a, a semi-regular thing where he does rate my breakfast, and I've got a lot of time for that because okay, he, yeah. he he goes he he puts really good photos up, and um, he just says rate it, and All right. people tend to. We, I just side then on uh, breakfast real quick that's one of my th- english things that still happens like even over yeah. here in the in the us i have my mum send me brown sauce she can't get it here. Ooh, that's the yeah. all the things you could get yeah yeah i have to go after brown sauce mate that's what i need yeah. my sauce it's in like the thick vinegar it's disgusting I love it. yeah yeah it's great <laughs> i like the bottle because it's like the outline of london isn't it or the, the yeah, if it's yeah. Like- house of parliament yeah and yeah, i don't even do the regular classic. one I hear that we did, we're a fruity and tangy family, the Webbers. So uh, Fair good enough. stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, anyway, Dan, thank you so much for your content. Thank you so much for your question. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap up before we go back into the midfield. Uh, Peter Martire, hello again, Peter. Thank you so much for for chipping in again. We'll always give us some really good stuff to think about. Um, he says, "What next for the sell before we die protest? I'm getting worried that the club is in real danger of falling into administration if the sale is not completed soon." Do we need to step up the protest? Game abandonment action to directly affect the owner. Um, well, Niall sent some tennis balls to uh, Dyes Residence in London, which I, I thought was pretty funny, to be honest. And, yeah. and Niall's got previous because he sent a clown wig um, to Bearwood um, for Panovich, which was a bit brutal at the time. And I think it. <laughs> He got some some pretty big nibbles on that, but sending tennis balls to to Dyer's residence in London, I think, is. Uh, do you know if Di has a tennis court there though? Because he might no, just be no outfitting idea. him. No idea. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know what next, Ross. I mean, uh, it's so tough. I, I mean, like, gosh, like because we all thought that last week things were getting closer, and even if we were concerned about uh, where the the takeover bid was coming from i think that was going to be the case no matter who was coming in really like um like uh, some of us were holding up mike ashley as a a really good option and and definitely for a club of our size pretty good option yeah but like you know we all know the mike ashley story so it just kind of shows you you know like the level of we were going to have worries no matter who came in basically Mm. um but now like things have stalled again and it is really concerning um i think that the the tennis ball stuff just has to continue until yeah, they, until they tell us that they are until they follow through and actually abandon a game. Um, yeah. I, I just think it has to keep happening. Unfortunately, like we need to make it clear to this man that this is not going to stop uh, until uh, he's gone. Unfortunately, so um, yeah, yeah, it's not a fun thing to have to talk about over and over, but it is just where we're at right now. I was talking to one of the dads at uh, my son's football training tonight who, um, he, I think he listens to the show actually. So thanks for listening, Carl. Thanks for the chats there as well. Always good to see you, mate. Um, but I, I said to him the best uh, Christmas present would be that the club gets taken over or, or you know, we're 95% in a situation where we know at Christmas that we're going to be, uh, you know, heading into new ownership in the new year because it's... Um, you know, we can we can continue to make these statements as a fan base. You know, Sunday was brilliant in terms of the, the coverage. I think, you know, a, yeah. I'm not going to say all of them. I thought Lee Dixon was shambolic, to be honest with you. Very, I very dismissive. Is it Matterface? Matterface, uh, for once, he stepped up. He's he excellent. Yeah, yeah, I don't really get to hear the English commentators much at all um, over, over here. It's obviously our selection of guys that get sent over. But he was He was good. Um, yeah. I will say the the ESPN person who does uh, the championship, League One, all of that kind of stuff for, for America, he's very good too. Uh, he's very good at doing his research and actually looking into what's going on at the clubs first. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I heard Matterface was good. Um, right. Sim has, has come up with a question. For, he's actually participating for once. We'd love to get him on the show, but he just he's too big time. He just, he's he's just doesn't want to do it. Um, yeah. Say whatever, but he he has actually given us a question this week, and he he basically says kind of build on what we were talking about and what you know John asked what 
kind of Alistair said, um, you know, what uh, the, the one eight seven one account said earlier, just about the midfield. And his question is pretty simple. What's the ideal makeup of Reading's midfield in the four one four one formation? So say we're sticking with that, irrelevant of whether we think it's right or wrong. Um, but actually, what what is the out of the players we've got at the moment? What would you say is the best formation for that midfield, without labouring the point, Ross? Because I know what you can get like. So just give us some names and a brief description. Wait, so sorry, in the four one four one, like Sim is saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh... so basically, five midfielders. What he's saying is you can have five midfielders in that setup. Who all right. They? Look, here's the cat that's been thrown amongst the pigeons recently. We put Nibs into the middle, and suddenly Nibs looks better which is great. You know, I'm glad that the player is playing better and all of that, but it does limit the spots available in the spot where we were already a little limited. It, the probably midfield is honestly probably one of the few spots apart from maybe center forward where Reading are actually a little bit overstacked right now. We actually have quite a few decent midfielders. Um, and now Nibs has come into the middle as well, which means that there's even fewer spaces available. The other issue is that it means that Makairo, um it's difficult to take him out of the team either because you need somebody there that can provide width. I want to get Elliot into the I team. I don't rate him, Ross. Honestly, no. I don't. I don't know. But then the to be fair to me, sorry. you asked me yesterday who I like in the current players and I think I said no one. <laughs> so yeah. don't ask yeah. me is a question. Um, sorry, but, I interrupted, but I just no, I can't have right. I can't have I know what you mean because he play. I keep saying this for fun, but he plays like a five-a-side player. Like he's he's playing to the music in his head. Uh, he's having a lovely old exactly time, that. but he's just not aware of anything that's going on around him, whether that be the opponent, his teammates, anything like that. I do enjoy watching him sometimes, uh, but it's frustrating. And so I don't want to move Nibs out. I don't want to move Elliot out, but I think I kind of have to. So I would go with Craig. Uh, I would go with Craig at the in the... Okay, it did. No, yeah, Craig at the back in that four one. So he's the one. Aziz on the right wing, Nibs, and then Elliot. But I don't love Elliot coming on the left. Right, this is what I'm saying. Like with Nibs moving from the left to the middle, we kind of have a hole on that left side now. Okay, so final answer, just to confirm, what are you going with in that that one four formation? All right, so. Uh, the two wide players, so the right side is Aziz, the left side is Elliot, and then the middle player, and I don't love that, like, I don't like it, and then the middle two more further advanced would be Wing and Nibs at the moment, and then Craig for Barnsley this weekend, because Barnsley are the third highest scorers in the league, but Savage, if we were playing like Cheltenham, somebody who's not quite as dangerous attacking-wise. Okay. I really like Savage. Um, yeah, okay. I'm just I'm just processing that. So my response to that question, which is a stunning question, thanks him for once. Um, I wouldn't play uh one four. I wouldn't play that formation. I <sighs> what would I do? I wouldn't play as easy in midfield, I'd put him up front. Because I think you know actually what he needs is a bit of service rather than being a creator for that. I know that you're going to throw me all the assists that he's done, I so, yeah. but actually I feel like he's he's better suited. If he's going to play and you're adamant he's going to play, and that's fine. It's your show. You can do what you want. But like I would play as he's up front, right? So don't, don't worry about that for the minute. In terms of the midfield, I, I just don't think you can discount Elliot. I think he's probably looking around and going, what the hell is going on? Like, where am I? I've left Chelsea for this nonsense, right? Same with Savage, who, to be fair, has left a, a high, you know, high caliber. Whatever you say about Man United, there's still, there's still something there, right? You still got a caliber to team. get through the door in the first place, right? He's also yep. playing for Wales under twenty ones regularly. He's broken into the first team, and I know people go, oh, "It's just Wales." It's not. We're a different team now than we were, sort of, you know, five six years ago. So there's that element to it. There's a lot more competition than people realise to get into the Wales squad. I think. It, it on current form, it's very very difficult to discount Wing. Um, I was on the Barnsley, one of the Barnsley pods earlier in the week, and I said that Wing is is kind of now the spine of that team, along with Abby and Smith. Like for me, those three players have to play every game. Now with Nibs, I 
I understand that there's a goal threat there at the moment. I'm just not sure. I just don't know long-term where he should actually play. So for me, there are a collection. I, I, what am I talking about here? What am I trying to say? Midfield is the strongest depth-wise we've been in, in so long, in so long at this football club, right? There are so many options. We haven't even talked about Kamara, yeah? We haven't even brought him no. in. We haven't talked about Tumor. You know, Hutchinson, we've discounted. We've got rid of him. That's fine. But he's still at the club, right? He's still an experienced player in inverted commas. So there is so much depth, so much potential. And when you look at the under-21s as well, I know they got hammered in the week against Derby, but generally the midfield has been performing really, really well within that team, right? Rashisha, we haven't even talked about Rashisha. We've not even mentioned him so far. Another really strong player, potentially. And this is where the frustration comes with sellers because you can talk all you like about defence, you can talk about lack goals, whatever. But for me, in any team, if the midfield is not right, if the midfield is not working properly, the team is going to collapse around it. It's literally the engine room. And that might sound obvious, but my absolute just endless stream of consciousness is focused on that midfield. And if someone said to me right now, if you said, Ross, okay, Ben, you, you said you don't want to play 4-1, 4-1, right? What are you going to play? My honest answer would be, I don't know, because I haven't seen enough of it. I haven't seen enough of these players in different development positions to go, okay, well, where should they play? And the problem now, which is mainly of sellers doing, is that we haven't got time to experiment with the midfield. It's got to be, right, whoever's playing well and whoever's winning games, you stay in the team until something changes. So, you know, kind of moving this on, Barnsley for me is a massive game anyway because we need the points heading into to what is essentially a really congested fixture list moving forward because, as you said earlier, League One is is that way. But ultimately, what, what does he do with that team? Because he's now backed himself into a corner because he's got players that came on and, and did well against Chelten. He's got players that he put faith in in the shirt on Sunday that didn't do well. He's then got that team that, that kind of went out and beat Carlisle last time out in the League 5-1. So what? where does he go with it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. really, really difficult. And I, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, the question was, who would you play in that specific formation? It, it, it's difficult, based on league form, to argue with that. But for me, that's not the best combination that is available. And it's certainly not the best um, uh, formation of, of players that we have at our disposal in midfield. That's what I think anyway. Um, obviously, I'm not paid to pick the team. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's got to work. It has to work at some point. And I just feel that if you had, even if you had someone else come into the club as a manager, the first thing they would do is to look at those midfield players and profile them properly, as we've tried to do at a kind of a semi-professional level or amateur level or whatever we are, and, and what you do much better than I do, Ross, and really look at them and say, what is the best combination of these players? And in order to do that, <laughs> we need time and we don't need pressure. But all these games now are coming thick and fast and they are pressurised. And he's still not getting it right. So it's like, well, yeah. what you know? What are we supposed to do as fans? What what are we supposed to think? And you can you can understand why people are kind of getting on some of these. Play- well, not understand that's wrong, but you can understand why people prefer players over other players. But when you've got someone like Savage, for example, who scored four goals outside the box, who that are not chances that he's created himself, really. Um, I don't think you can discount that technical ability. It's the same with Elliot. I don't think you can go. Okay, well, we haven't seen the best of him, blah blah blah. So we've been him off. I don't, I don't think that can happen at this stage. So yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's that's tr- a tricky one. That's a tricky one. You had a lot in you about that. I was, I was just kind yeah. of letting you go. That was, that was good. To, it was impressive. I don't know. know, Matt. Do you know what? When I watch games, I just, I try and look at the games, and I just try and, yeah. I, I, I don't really. Look, but do you know what? From now on, I think I'm just going to look at midfield, and certainly if Craig you... starts on well, Saturday, I'm going to watch it. I watch. Here's him. the thing, right? I think that you're. Your answer kind of like shows like like underlying this, right? Like things are getting a little bit better. Like I was saying, like since November, uh, the results yeah. have actually been relatively okay. Um, and I think that 
the issue here is not the yes you're right that like there could be better ways to put this together i kind of still think a 4-2-3-1 might work better for this team um but at the end of the day all formations sort of turn into a very similar thing once you've got it all the way to the opponent's third so um i i really think that the thing that's going on here is that we actually have quite a few good options now and it's going to depend on the game plan each week yeah and whether there is one I mean, yeah, whether it is one exactly. Well, I mean, the one thing we haven't even mentioned is that Andrew Sparks has gone missing from the club. Uh, He's not been there for a little while. He wasn't there on Sunday. Don't think he was there uh, yesterday, by all accounts. And that's Mm. an interesting one because he, you know, said it's just, it looks like he's all alone on the touchline at the moment. So we can't speculate. Andrew Sparks, of course, is the assistant manager, came in from Southampton. Um, at the at the beginning of the season when when Sellers did and uh, yeah. I mean hey his LinkedIn still says that he's working for Reading Football Club but I know that there were some sort of umming and ahhing about stuff going on at Southampton too so yeah not really LinkedIn sure LinkedIn doesn't mean anything mate mine still says I'm a successful halftime podcast host so uh, <laughs> <laughs> not halftime wow, podcast you... I've mixed them up halftime right. host at Reading Football Club which I sort of am but you know. Apparently, I'm not successful, but who knows? I don't know. Um, Right, we're going to move on to Barnsley and talk about them and what threat they pose, but more importantly, what we can do to get three flipping points out of them. Um, So we're going to have a little short break, and I'm going to take a swig of water because I feel quite dry in the mouth now after that little bit of sort of semi-rant. And uh, we'll be back with you for the uh, Big Fat Preview. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals. So be loud and be proud for the Big Match Preview. Right, three o'clock kickoff Saturday in December. I don't know why December's relevant, but don't know. Historically, I always enjoy these games leading up to Christmas. Don't know why. Um, Barnsley, seventh in the league. Uh, bit sort of indifferent, really. Um a few off the field issues. I say off the field issues, but you know they are starting to build up for the for the um, for the Yorkshire club, shall we say? Uh, got kicked out of the FA Cup. Ineligible player, I think it was Ross. Um, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Odd one. Kind of a little bit of an ownership change, potential points deduction. In I think Andy on their podcast that I was on said April they'd find out. It seems a bit bizarre. Okay, to me, okay. So right. they're having a bit of a weird yeah. one. Yeah, they are having a bit of a weird one, really. And also, I, I like um, I'll bring up kits. They wear the strangest kit in the entire EFL. Like, it's like that the American flag, a... right? Yeah, and like, but it doesn't look like an American flag that Americans would use. It looks like an American flag you'd find at TGI Fridays. It's very, very odd. Uh, How so anyway, dare you bring out. TGI Fridays into this? My apologies. My apologies. Do you have TGI Fridays in America? Or might you be oh, really yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah. Applebee's is? It's kind of like an yep. Applebee's adjacent sort of thing, basically. Is it viewed as like, oh, it's a big birthday, so we'll go to TGI Fridays, or is it a bit of like a, is it a bit like that's a sort kind of, of a whole? That's almost the whole that Mexican food fills over here. We love our Mexican food, so that's we'll <laughs> go to that kind of place for that, you know, like margaritas and uh, I guess you know virgin mojitos if you're a kid or whatever. Because growing up, the two places I always wanted to go to were a little chef because I just yep. thought they were incredible. Yeah, and I did TGI like Fridays. That. And I yeah. went to TGI yeah. Fridays a couple of months ago with the kids, and I was like, this is rubbish. Yeah. Well, anyway. you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, chain restaurant making in the 2020. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, right. Well, let's talk about us not being rubbish then. Um, so Barnsley, big test, seventh in the league, fairly indifferent, uh, scored a really weird goal against Wickham after we beat them. So they had a, a shocking week, Wickham Wanderers. Um, but have we have we got enough to bounce back from the Eastleigh game? And what does full strength look like for you, Ross Webber? Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about the Eastleigh game. I know that sounds awful, but I just think that Sellers got his team selection with the defense entirely wrong and we got taken advantage of by a team that knew what they were doing in the attacking sense, even if it wasn't top quality. They had a plan and they stuck to it and it worked. Um, so with us against Barnsley, we need to start um, with Abby, Binden and Yeadom, obviously. Dorset might be out and that's an issue. Um, I really don't know what you do with that left back spot. Um, 
if Dorset is out, it's probably going to be one of what Mbenge or Mola. I I think Carson's just mm-hmm. had some really poor performances mm-hmm. recently and, and just can't take that spot right now. Especially because yes, Barnsley are a little bit shaky, but as I've said a few times in the pod, they score a lot of goals. Um, so we're we're going to need well to, on that left hand side. Yeah, if he if he persists with Elliot there, and then he has either Mola or Mbenge. It's going mm-hmm. to be easily all over again, isn't it? Because they, mm-hmm. you know, Barnsley like to get around the back. They, they, they've got a, a, a tricky right winger, right wing back called Barry Cotter. He's weighed him with a few goals, and he's, I think, he ranks quite highly with chances created. So, yeah. like, <laughs> if if that's the left hand side, then maybe I might just stay in a car park. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's uh, it's. Uh, I think you have to go with Mola, given that I think he was all right in the second half against uh, Charlton. I don't. I mean, I think he was at right back rather than left back, and that was part of why he looked better. But maybe you move Yidam over. I don't really like disrupting fullbacks from the side they're meant to be on, though. I think that's one of. I don't know. Unless you're playing elite football, where you know you're going to have the ball sixty to seventy percent of the time, I don't really love the invent the inverted fullback thing. Um, yeah, no, I think we're going to need to score two or three. So um, maybe I've been talking to Craig because, you know, um, Barnsley score a lot, but maybe you do put Savage in because he does allow us to be more creative uh, when going forward and, and to and to break the ball uh, ahead faster. So I don't think I want to see Makaira this week. I really think Vickers may be in that spot. Uh, just somebody a bit more creative. But then again, yeah. with that left back, uh, being a bit shaky this weekend, you wonder. I really don't think Vickers and somebody in that spot will be enough defensively. So, yeah, it's a really, really tricky one, uh, Barnsley. I, I guess I didn't really give you an answer there. Just a ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, not not for the first time this season. You know, team selection is going to be absolutely uh, telling of where Sellers' thoughts are, and you know. You you have to look at now, as I said earlier, you know current form because if he'd if he'd stuck with the team that won uh, against Carlisle and Wickham, then we would have been we would have been, we've had enough on the pitch to to beat Eastley. I'm sure um, that's not doing a disservice to the players as such because I don't think they really knew what they were doing. They weren't prepped so well, um, but you know now because some of those other players have come on 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 Wednesday and done well, it's like well, what do you do? You know, where are we at sort of thing? So, yeah, the left-hand side is, is going to be a concern. Um, I think whoever plays in that left-back spot doesn't fill me with huge amounts of confidence out of the three choices that, that are realistic. Um, I think it's it's it has to be Smith up top if he's still playing one. But you've, you've really now got to give him the service that he needs to kind of slip those balls through and, and, and really get him kind of into feet and, and taking players on, really. So... It's it's going to be uh, a tussle as they always are. Um, hopefully, it'll be quite. I think it's the the grassroots game, uh, the, the the second one this season or the third one. I've lost track, but you know it it will be hopefully well attended or better attended than it was last night. Anyway, put it that way. I think there was like a thousand fans or something there last night, which which isn't great at all, but understandable given circumstances. So we will see. Um, we will be back uh, next week. Trying to think where we are. We're supposed to have a couple of pods lined up next week, but we'll have to see what happens. Um, we've yeah, got Bobbins we'll on next week, so um, yeah, you know, he's, he's back because he was he was giving us all sorts of hell's abuse. Actually, he asked a question, and I'm going to do real quick fire here. He said mince pies. I love mince pies. Um, oh yeah, I do with, love them with custard or without custard. That is the first time I've heard that, and that is I'll tell you what I said. That is deviant behaviour. That is, it is some... deviant behaviour, isn't it? Who does that? Who has custard and mince pies? Hot and hot. That's disgusting. I'd rather put uh, I'd rather put um, brown sauce on it, honestly, than custard. Brown sauce and mince pies. Goodness (laughs) me! All right, maybe not actually. Reach for the Rennies or any other available indigestion tablets, not just Rennies. Oh man, or Gaviscon. I'm doing it again. Just brand new. Horrendous. Um, But yeah, that's. I mean, I think we're both agreed that custard with mince pies is. Awful. That's not the one. That ain't it, fam. No, not yet at all. Um. Anyway, we've we've done that. Thanks, Bobbins, and we'll see you in person, live. Not live, but we'll see you next week on the pod to talk about hopefully three points for the mighty Reading. Uh, Ross, have a really good weekend. 
Thank uh, you. Look after yourself and your loved ones. Are you playing yep. football this weekend? I'm playing football tonight. I'm playing football this weekend. It's my wife's birthday, though, actually, this weekend. So, um, happy do you know birthday, what a wonderful wife I have? Yeah, I, a yeah. quick happy birthday to her. And you know what a wonderful wife I have? She wants to go and watch football on her birthday. What, what, so, what there you go. What, are you watching Reading or are you watching. Oh, I don't mean. No, I mean no. No, no, no. My, I, I, my wife is a uh, long-suffering Reading watcher, but she's a Liverpool fan, so we're off for that. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Goodness me. I know. Oh, oh well. well. Enjoy anyway, that. happy birthday to her. Yeah, happy birthday. And happy birthday to anyone else who's celebrating this weekend. Or in the meantime between we, you know, this pod and the time we release the next one. You know what I mean. Happy birthday. Happy Christmas. Whatever. Happy birthday. Um, we will see you next week. Uh, to talk about Reading Football Club. Obviously, it's what we always do. Um, as always, got any questions, comments, anything else you want to hear from you? It's a fans, technically it's a fans podcast. We're just the idiots that, that host it. So, you know, if you if you want to get in touch with anything, it doesn't have to be related to, to tactics or anything else. Anything you want, just chuck it into us and, and we will always read it um, and, and, you know, read out your questions and respond and all the rest of it. So we appreciate you listening as always. Uh, thank you, Ross. Happy birthday, Mrs. Weber. We will see you next week for episode 362 of the Tyler Stone podcast. Have a good weekend. Come on, Redden. Right